and welcome to the worship services of Grace United Methodist Church on this beautiful, brisk Sunday morning. We're glad you're here. We are continuing our efforts to make sure that everyone knows what's going on here at Grace, and we have a number of major things coming up as we proceed through the Lenten season. If you uh, would take your bulletin home and maybe put it on your refrigerator, you'll see a lot of things that are going on. I'm going to try to bring a few of those out to your attention. If I forget something that's part of one of your ministries, you just sort of raise your hand, let me know. We'll make sure that we get it on the webcast. Again, we are sending out our, our weekly, weekday emails uh, Monday through Friday. If you're not receiving those, if you'll let the church office know or let the pastor know, we'll make sure that we get your email address included in that list. If you're not able to receive emails and you'd like to know that information, just let us know and we'll try to, try to get it to you another way. We send a special welcome out to those of you who have joined us online. We know we have a very strong online presence and we invite you to stop by and worship with us. We're at 410 Harvison Boulevard. Columbia, South Carolina, and we worship, we welcome all who come to worship the risen Christ. So please come in and join us and be part of our congregation. Next couple of weeks, over as we head into the Lenten season, we have uh, on your, in your bulletin, you'll see a number of things where we talk about our Easter egg hunt and Palm Sunday and, and our Easter egg sunrise, I mean our Easter sunrise service and sunrise breakfast that we're going to be having. If you have any questions about those things, you see the pastor, make sure that you, you know what we know about those things, and we, and we make sure that you know when to be here for those things. We have a couple of requests. You'll see those in the bulletin. We are gearing up for our Easter egg hunt, and as usual, we're asking for donations of candy. There's a receptacle in an narthex. If you bring candy, I, again, we, we typically ask for non-chocolate candy because sometimes the eggs don't get found until next year. Uh, <laughs> And we need to make sure that the candy makes it till next year. So if you, do, if you can bring bags of candy, we're going to be doing that over the next couple of weeks, and we'll be working towards our Easter egg hunt, which is the Saturday, the Saturday before Palm Sunday. Also, we are going to be refurbishing the church office. We're looking for all hands on deck, anyone that can come and help. Anne's going to be coordinating this. We're going to need painters, we're going to need paint supplies, we're going to need people to climb the ladder and do things from at the top of the ladder in the office. But just this office right here, we're going to be refurbishing, moving furniture out, moving furniture back in. We don't, I don't know if we have a date for that yet, but... Okay. Painting that we, we also have, in, in conjunction with this, we have a Trustees Workday, and I, I say Trustees Workday because trustees are coordinating it, but it's not just for the trustees. We're, we're sprucing up again the church for, for Easter and for other reasons, and we're going to be doing some, we're going to start the process here in the office on the 16th, but we have a number of things that are going to be going, to be going on. So again, if you can help with that, we'll have some Friday night and Saturday and Sunday type activities going to, that are going to be going on for that, for that, for that project. And if you can help with that, we really appreciate it. Let us know. Because we also, again, the trustees' workday is going to be working on the outside of the church as well. So we have a number of opportunities for you to come in and help us with the sprucing up of the church for the Easter Sunday service and beyond. And lastly, we'd like to extend a special invitation to the congregation next Sunday after the service, immediately following the service here in the sanctuary, we will have Cece will be performing part of her doctoral recital. And it'll be right again right after the service tomorrow here in the sanctuary. It won't be her entire recital, but it'll it'll be parts of it that I'm sure we'll be thrilled to hear. 
as, as you know, Cece is working towards her doctorate, and this is part of that requirement. So, are there any announcements that need to be made? Oh, I'm sorry. There will be a reception after, you know, just a little incentive. There'll be a reception following Cece's recital next Sunday in, in the fellowship hall. Well, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us prepare our hearts, our minds, and our spirits for worship. Come, let us turn to our God who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Let us pray. Holy friend, our God and Savior, we have talked much about faith, yet have been slow to take its risks. 
We have lauded forgiveness, yet have been miserly in giving it. We've praised truth, yet have fudged our own integrity. We have extolled love, yet have placed conditions on our loving. We have urged hope for others, yet have ourselves lived like cynics. We've honored Christ's cross, yet have avoided our own. Most faithful God, please deal with each according to our individual betrayals of the gospel we espouse. By your Spirit, enter the secret caverns of the soul, and there expose, judge, counsel, cleanse, and reform us. Forgive us repeatedly, we pray, until forgiveness is such a part of us that it may become a way of life as we deal with those around us. In the name of Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Let's stand and sing together. Stand up and bless the Lord, number 662 in the hymnal. We say a special word of welcome and good morning to the children worshiping with us this day. We're glad to have you as a part of our worship this morning. Today, we're looking at a passage uh, of Scripture from Mark's Gospel that is um, one of the hardest pieces, commands, uh, instructions that Jesus gives his disciples in the Gospels. It's um, one of those that we struggle to understand what it actually means, uh, even though it's pretty plain uh, that Jesus expects it of us. And what Jesus tells us in that passage 
is to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. Uh, And this morning, um, part of what I've brought is something to talk about uh, what it means to deny ourselves uh, and to try to carry something that it takes effort to do. Uh, So, what I've brought this morning is this guy. Um, Right? Uh, So, if you want to carry weight for working out, if you want to get stronger, you have to deny yourself uh, something, time, energy, effort, that bad-for-you snack that's not going to help you get any stronger, and you have to actually take the time to do the exercise. You can't just deny yourself and then not take up the weight. Uh, denying yourself is part of it, but if you, if you decide you're going to take up the weight or you're going to give up the time that you would have done something else or whatever, but then you go out and you just kind of look at the weight sitting there, but you're still just doing this. This isn't cutting it. You're not getting any stronger as, I'm not going to get that back in there. Um, You're not going to get any stronger because the weight's still just sitting here. Maybe you've denied yourself whatever you were doing otherwise, but then you've taken up something that's not actually going to make you any stronger. So if you want to get stronger, you have to deny yourself that time that you would have spent doing something else, and you have to take up the weight in order to actually see the growth that you expect. Um, And if you carry that, I'm going to put this down um, a little bit further, as you get stronger, eventually that weight is going to feel light, and you'll have to increase the amount of weight that you're going to carry. Uh, It's not a one and done. You don't go from zero to 330 pounds overnight in terms of weight you can lift. You have to progress until you get to that place. And Jesus is aware of that when he tells this to his disciples because he is speaking to those who have been with him. He's already put them through their paces in a lot of ways, but they still don't seem to get it. Uh, And it's not a one-to-one analogy here, but part of what Jesus wants us to do in this passage and passages like it when he tells us to deny ourselves is to leave behind those things that are bad for us. To leave behind those assumptions and ideas, the, the ways of thinking and being and acting in the world that keep us from doing what he's asking us to do to grow in grace and strength by taking up the cross and following him. And so we have this instruction, and sometimes we argue and quibble over, well, what does it mean to take up your cross? It means something different for everybody, I think. But the important thing is, is that we figure out what it means for us and pick it up. Even if we can only get it a little bit off the ground at first, even if we can only move it an inch as it goes, and then we have to stop and rest and think and pray and figure out what's next and how to lift, the rest, lift it the rest of the way. But to deny ourselves, take up the cross, and follow Jesus. It's a hard instruction, but there's really no way around it. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, we ask you to help us 
with what you have told us, with the gospel you've given, with the grace that you pour out, with the instruction to somehow deny ourselves and to take up the cross to follow you. Give us what we need this day to take that first step in following you more fully. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we continue in worship this day, uh, we come to the time when we share our prayer concerns with one another and with the church. Um, If you have prayer concerns that you want to share with me, with the church, uh, in our worship service, you can email those to me at pastor at gracecolumbia.org or call or text me during the week so that we can pray together during the week. Um, We can set a time for a visit uh, or a, a meeting here at the church to have conversation about what's going on in your life or in the life of your loved ones. Um... And then on Thursday each week, we do send uh, a prayer email. Um, It goes uh, out to our prayer list. It includes the prayers we've prayed here in worship the the Sunday before and um, the prayer lists that we have that help us to be in prayer for one another and to continue uh, praying not just on Sundays but all throughout the week. And let's go to God in prayer this morning. Though people may turn our their backs on us, you do not hide your face from us. Though others may try to take away our hope, you assure us of that future waiting for us. You speak your name, inscrutable creator, and it is enough. When we try to dictate our fears to you, you invite us to follow you into self-denial and service. As we struggle to shape our lifestyle to yours, you carry us with you wherever we go. You speak your good news, teacher of open hearts, and it is enough. This day, as we come to you in prayer, we lift our loved ones, our family, our friends, our community, and we pray especially for Steve and Jody Webster, for Joyce Sweeney, for George and Helena Fox, for Paul McCravey, for Sharon Sovic, for Janice O'Kane, for Felicia Presley, for Robert Rieger, for David and Kim Oswalt. David was diagnosed with cancer of one of his kidneys, and Kim is Kathy Jennings' sister. For Jane Johns, a friend of Doc's who is undergoing cancer treatment. For Elijah Bowen and his family as he battles bacterial meningitis. He's 10 years old, and his family is friends of the smokes. For Alfreda, a friend of Carol Cranford, who is in the last days of her life. For all the members of Grace and their families. For all those on our prayer concerns list. For a return to love, equality, acceptance, and justice. And for those prayer concerns that go unspoken on our hearts this day. Though we have done nothing to earn them, you pour out the gifts of grace and mercy upon us. When we stumble over our lack of trust, you set us back on our feet to follow you into the kingdom. You speak your peace, breath of holiness, and it's enough. God in community, holy in one, it is enough that you hear us even as we pray, as we are taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, 
and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
those who are able, please stand for the reading of the scripture lesson. Chapter 8, verses 31 to 38. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So, 13 or so years ago, uh, I was living in a pretty unhealthy way, Um, physically especially. I was 25, didn't exercise, didn't pay attention to what I ate other than what I wanted to eat uh, most at any moment in time. Couldn't do regular physical activity that I wanted to do without finding joints hurting after any amount of time. All my health numbers from blood work and doctor's visits were trending in the wrong direction, especially for a 25-year-old. And it was at that point in my journey uh, that a saint of a personal trainer in my congregation came up to me one Sunday after worship and said, you are too young to be this unhealthy. Meet me at the gym tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. No question. No, do you want something different? Just, you are too unhealthy at your age. Meet me at the gym tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Now, 13 years ago, was before Lolly and I had kids, uh, and I was not making healthy choices like getting enough sleep. So 6 a.m. was not a time I was used to seeing with any regularity. Uh, But eventually, this fitness professional sister in Christ prevailed on me to get up and get there so that she could reintroduce me to the discipline of exercise. Once I started exercising regularly, I felt better. Imagine that. In my conversation with my now 
trainer and other gym goers, I started to hear more and more about the importance of good nutrition and sleep. So I started tracking what I ate, and I found out that without that habit of tracking how I was eating, I will mindlessly eat 4,000 plus calories a day with or without exercising. Just, we'll do it. It'll just happen for me. And I started paying better attention to my sleep habits. I still don't do great with that. Uh, But I felt better and better, and over time, got healthier. Not a picture of perfect health by any means, but healthier. That trainer... (laughs) as blunt as she was, had all of those disciplines, and part of the way that she took away any excuse I might have is that she also has MS. Uh, Her mobility is severely limited and was even then. So her admonition and near-constant Uh, prodding of, if I can do this, you can, kept me moving forward. Those disciplines and that self-denial haven't always been easy to sustain over these years. As I've gotten older, Some things changed without my really giving them permission to do so. You know what I mean? Um, And my expectations have had to change about what I can do, how hard I can push, what I can forego. But I will forever be grateful for that church member who would not let me sleep, literally and figuratively, on the power of good physical fitness disciplines. She wouldn't let it go. We don't live in a particularly disciplined world. It's just not something that we collectively uh, seem to be all that interested in. And nor do we live in a world in which self-denial is the norm. And when we do see someone who has self-discipline and self-denial in any area of life, we tend to hold them up on a pedestal as though they are doing something superhuman. Man, they just have so much willpower or amazing stick-to-itiveness. We lift them up as some kind of superhuman. And simultaneously, we look for some reason to discount their discipline and self-denial. Some reason why we can say, well, yeah, but they had help in X, Y, or Z place, or they had this advantage, or, well, they didn't really do the same thing that the rest of us would be able to do. And we often find that reason to discount their discipline and self-denial because they are human. 
And so there's going to be some flaw in their discipline. And once they have attained a certain level of discipline and feel that pressure to sustain or surpass it, they may be tempted to cheat just a little bit. We all know examples of that from the world. Which is why the challenge of discipleship to be disciplined and embrace self-denial comes across as so foreign to us. But Jesus is clear throughout Scripture that discipleship requires self-denial. It is one of the more phenomenal things to me about our current life of faith, broadly speaking, in the church, that somehow we have divorced discipline and discipleship. You cannot be a disciple without discipline. It's the same word. (laughs) To be a disciple of Jesus is to submit oneself to the discipline of Jesus. To be a disciple of Jesus Christ means that we have some modicum of self-discipline to align our life to the way of Jesus, and then we embrace the discipline he offers so that we can be formed and molded more and more into the likeness of him. And this denial and discipline that Jesus tells us is required goes far beyond any that we might see in the world. It's not just sacrifice your enjoyment of food so that you can be super skinny. It's not just, you know, lift harder so that you can be stronger. It's not just keep up with your, you know, all the exercise and sleep habits so you can be a phenomenal athlete. We see all of those kinds of things in the world. Or have great financial discipline and you'll be rich in no time at all. Like We see all of those examples and hear about them in the world and Inevitably, there's something in there that just, it's like, well, yeah, but you took steroids. That's how you got big. You kind of cheated the system, you know? Like, that's not the same as self-discipline. It's not what Jesus is talking about, though. Jesus tells us to lose our lives for his sake and to take up our cross and follow him. Self-denial and self-discipline. But Jesus doesn't tell us this as some kind of prosperity guru who's secretly living a posh life while convincing his followers to give up everything. He doesn't say this and then go back to his, you know, 18-bedroom mansion uh, to live in. He tells us to follow him in doing it. He is going first, taking up the cross, following God. He has described his own self-denial and self-sacrifice to his disciples in this passage. 
He says, this is what's going to happen. This is the self-denial and self-sacrifice that is about to take place in my life. That's what he tells Peter and the others. And it's at that point that Peter tries to convince him that it isn't necessary or good. Peter says, whoa, 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 Jesus. We, we hear you on this self-denial stuff and this, this thing that you want us to do, but you don't have to, we don't have to go all the way there. You don't have to die. We don't have to go to the cross. The cross doesn't have to be necessary. We still have folks that want to say that sometimes, too. And it's at that point that Jesus turns and rebukes Peter in the strongest possible language and says, get behind me, Satan. You are not thinking about the right things. You don't have the right discipline in mind. You don't have the right self-denial in mind. You don't have the right mindset of what I've been trying to instill in you, and you've got to get behind me because we can't go where you're trying to go. We're going to the cross, Jesus says to Peter and to the disciples, and whether it's you're going with him or not, he is headed that direction. And it is from the realm of brokenness and darkness that that desire to avoid the cross comes from the tempter, not from the realm of the divine. Jesus tells us. And so Jesus takes up the cross. Jesus takes up the cross on our behalf and as a witness and model for what it means to inhabit the discipline of Jesus, to be his disciples. As his followers, we follow in his footsteps, not to save ourselves or anyone else, but in order to demonstrate the full love and power of God and God's grace as exemplified on the cross of Christ. We seek to live that cruciform life, to lift up the cross that we have to carry, that Jesus tells us to take up. We lift up the cross in our own lives. We take it up. We deny ourselves and pick it up in order to demonstrate what it means to follow in the way of Jesus, in order to demonstrate what God's grace and love and mercy actually look like, that they are free, but they're not cheap. That there's a cost to the life of faith and the life of discipleship. And yet it's still free. We embrace the life of discipleship, a life of self-discipline and self-denial, because we embrace the cross of Jesus. We are disciples, and therefore we seek to gain more and more of the discipline of Jesus. Self-discipline and the discipline that comes in community that we call accountability, where we hold one another to the standard of Jesus, where we hold one another to the practice and process of becoming holy as Christ is holy, where we say to one another, your sins are forgiven, but you do have sins, and you can't just keep inhabiting them and living them 
out day after day after day. And you can't just be an old dog that won't learn new tricks. You can't just have it both ways. You can't be a disciple without the discipline of Jesus. Plain and simple. Take up your cross and follow me, Jesus says. We embrace this life of discipleship, a life of self-discipline and self-denial because we embrace the cross of Jesus as the means of salvation that reconciles us to God. We are not ashamed of it because on it Christ demonstrated the profundity of God's goodness, love, and grace. It is the center of God's action in the world. A symbol of torture and death from its very beginning that God somehow redeems to be the symbol of life and light and love. And so, Jesus tells us, if you want to be my disciples, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Let us pray. Almighty God, you show us how difficult the life of faith is, how much joy, how much lighter we can be, but also how much it will cost. That it is a gift freely given, but it's not cheap. that you expect those of us who claim the name of Jesus to submit ourselves to his discipline, to his way of life, to the cross. Give us the courage, give us the resolve that we might follow that we might deny ourselves and take up our cross a little bit more. We ask these things in the name of Christ, our Savior. Amen. I invite you now to stand and join with me as we affirm our faith using the Apostles' Creed. It's 881 in the hymnal. I believe in God the Father Almighty maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. prepare to give back to God out of all that God has so graciously given to us. We have a number of ways in which you can give here at Grace. If you brought your offering with you this morning and didn't have a chance to place it in the offering plate as you arrived, the offering plate is in the narthex as you exit the sanctuary this morning, and you're invited to place your offering there as you depart. You can give online at gracecolumbia.org. Uh, there's a giving button on the homepage, and once you've navigated to the giving page, you can set up an account with us or give as a guest. As an account holder or a guest, you can make a one-time gift, and as an account holder, you can make a recurring gift and set up a schedule for your giving so you can be sure that it's happening the way that you want it to happen on the timeline and in the, uh, in the patterns and um, uh, calendar settings that you might need to set up for that recurring gift. You can use our app, which is connected to that online giving platform, and there are instructions for the app on the website. Um, and through any of those ways, you can give to the General Operating Fund, which funds all of our ministry on a yearly basis, or to one of the other funds for ministry and mission that we have that we hold uh, as restricted funds for particular uh, ministry and mission items. Um, if you need to mail your offering to the church or drop it by the church office outside of office hours, uh, please do let us know that you're doing so. That way we can be sure to retrieve it from the mailbox as quickly as possible, especially if it seems like it's going to happen um, over the weekend or at a time when we might not have someone uh, coming to the office for a number of days. Um, today, uh, I 
had these totals shared with me uh, by Marlon McPhail. Um, these are our Operation Christmas child totals from this year. Uh, not for grace, but this is what we got to participate in through Operation Christmas Child this year. The U.S. total of um, Operation Christmas Child boxes packed was 10051570 uh, This was the third year in a row of a record number of uh, boxes packed. Uh, and so our boxes got added to those. We had that great time together uh, packing boxes here at the front of the sanctuary um, after worship one Sunday. And so uh, we added to that total. The world total was 11,330,126 boxes. Um, our drop-off area at St. Andrew's Presbyterian collected 5,130 boxes, which was a record for them in our area. And in the East Midlands region, which we're a part of, there were 23,979 boxes collected. So we uh, add our totals to that great global mission and ministry uh, and are uh, excited to have been a part of what God will be able to do through those uh, gifts as they continue to go out, not just at Christmas time, but all throughout the year those boxes get distributed and bring joy uh, and a piece of God's love and a piece of God's grace here on Harbison to those who receive them. So praise God for this great uh, ministry we got to be a part of. And let's go to God in prayer. God of boundless goodness, we have come to this place this day to worship you with our songs, with our words, with our gifts, with our whole hearts. We're reminded that our discipleship decision involves more than what we bring this day to the altar. It calls us to a place where a cross that is ours alone must be picked up and carried. This is more than anything else. And it's why we need the community of your church. Strengthen us, we pray, not just to carry our own cross, but to help sisters and brothers carry their crosses as well. In the name of the one who bore his cross for all of us. Amen. singing hymn number 159 in the hymnal, Lift High the Cross.
Our mission at Grace is to know Jesus and to make him known to us. Beloved, go from this place in the love and power of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to meet your neighbors and yourself with an open heart as we take up our cross and follow Jesus for the sake of the gospel. Amen.